Hello, everyone. My name is Sharon S. Davis. Most of my listeners know me from my mommy moments on Facebook. Thank you for joining me today to hear about my caregiver journey for my mom. Two weeks ago, I introduced myself to you all. I shared my motivation for my decision to take care of my mom. Now, I received some feedback advising me that I was a child and I should not place that pressure on myself. So allow me to explain on that further. When I learned of my mother's diagnosis, I felt that way with the passion. I wanted to fix her problem and find someone or something to blame for her diagnosis. Today, I understand that I can't change the past. As a child, my responsibility was to play, have fun, make good grades, and stay out of trouble. Now, if I could go back in time and talk to my eight-year-old self, I would tell me the things that I mentioned in my last podcast. Taking care of my mom has taught me the power of forgiveness. It took me a lot of time to forgive the people that I felt did my mother wrong back then and right now. However, holding on to that bitterness to a woman that can only see the good in people is only hurting myself. Now, don't get me wrong. I have forgiven them, but don't expect me to bend over backwards to break bread with them. The people that called the Dell Protective Services on my mom ended up being a blessing in disguise. What they were meaning for evil ended up being the best thing that happened to my mom. For that, I thank them for saving her life. Today, I plan to share my story on what happened when I brought mom home to stay with me. In my mind, I had a little bit of money in savings. I was working a good job that paid monthly bonuses. And I was going to school to get my master's degree in accounting. By the way, mom wanted me to go into nursing. Most importantly, she wanted me to be the best in whatever venture I decided to do. I remember when I wanted to be a lawyer, she said, be a judge or better yet, be the first black female president. Nothing beats a failure but a try. When I said I wanted to be an accountant, she said, own your own accounting firm and become a Fortune 500 company. Nothing beats a failure but a try. When I told her that I changed my major in college to business, she was excited. She said, I was going to be Oprah and she's going to live in her own house in my backyard. And I would say the pool house. She would respond, have you seen Oprah's pool house? So when I told mom this go around that I was going back to school, she informed me that I should be a nurse or a nurse practitioner. She said that I am smart and I like to take care of people. She even stated that I will be taking care of her one day. I should have listened. She felt that someone in her family should live her dream. Now, don't get me wrong. Mom went back to school to give nursing a try, but couldn't pass some of the courses. Hindsight being 2020, I believe part of this was because of her depression 
for the reason she couldn't focus enough to pass those courses. Because my mother's a very smart woman. Even in her demented state, she continued to amaze me. So for episode two of this podcast, I've decided to tell you the story of why I thought it was easy to bring mom home to live with me. Since my mom worked in a hospital, she already knew and drew the healthcare power attorney paperwork. She informed us on whether she was an organ donor, if she wants to be on a feeding tube, a ventilator, or resuscitated. I'm thankful for the conversation, but at the time, I didn't want to hear it because I felt my mom was going to be around forever. My mom knew better. Don't all moms. My sister and I were on my mom's checking account, and since I already had control of mom's finances, I just made it official by having her sign a doable power of attorney paperwork in front of a notary. I later filed that paperwork to Mecklenburg County Courts. I learned that by doing such, it gives it more weight and you get notified if someone tries to do something, take over a new power of attorney from my mom. Now, since I was armed with those three basic things to cover her health and finances, I felt I was good. (laughs) Nothing could be further from the truth. When I brought mom home, I still had to work and figure out a way for mom to keep her independence as well as maintain my daily routine. What was I thinking? Oh, that's right. I was thinking of mom. In my world, Having a power of attorney paperwork filed with the courts prevented anyone else with paperwork from trying to get access to my mom's finances or anything else. Well, guess what? I learned I needed more than just power of attorney paperwork. I had to gain guardianship as well as become her representative payee. Now, don't get me wrong. Power of attorney can get you but so far, and having that paperwork made the other two come easy. Unfortunately, I had to learn these things the hard way. Do you remember earlier when I spoke on having a joint account with my mom shared with my sister? That system worked great for me until one day a caregiver took my mom to the bank to withdraw funds from her account. That incident taught me about gaining guardianship as well as learning about becoming a representative payee to my mom's social security. Since my sister was out of state, she didn't have a problem with me taking over mom's finances and closing the adjoining account. And to prevent something like this from happening again in the interim, I confiscated my mother's government-issued identification. My other sister was able to get mom another form of identification card that she could carry around. She just couldn't use it to cash a check or board a plane. In my mind, I didn't think mom would have a problem with staying with me. While I'm at work, mom will be at adult daycare. Shout out to Love and Touch Adult Daycare on Batesford Road. Love the place. And my sister would stay with mom on the weekends at her apartment. Sounds like a good plan, right? Wrong. What I failed to realize is that mom wasn't included in this process. I failed to realize that I wanted to do more than go straight home from work. I mean, I used to go to the gym or a friend's house when I got off work. 
Sometimes I would catch a movie or grab a bite to eat at a restaurant. Most days, I didn't want to run straight home. Also, I loved working overtime. So for that reason, I started to seek out a family care home for my mom. Since these family care homes are private pay, I couldn't afford their rate, so I brokered a deal with the owner. I would take mom on the weekends and holidays, and mom would just stay there for breakfast, go to daycare, and return for dinner and bed. I could visit as much as possible, and mom wasn't alone. I enjoyed the setup. I saw that mom could make new friends. Again, I didn't include mom. Even though a decision was made, I should have asked mom what type of environment she wanted to be in. Did she like making new friends or did she just want to be left alone? Either way, she trusted me and did her best to make do. So when a situation arose at the family care home, I ended up bringing mom home to stay with me. Mom seemed to enjoy that better. I ended up having to accept the fact she wasn't getting any better and I did not renew her lease on her apartment. I cried. I was going through the five stages of grief while my mother is still living. I hate this disease. And as you know, with the five stages of grief, the first stage is denial. I lived in that phase until I let go of her apartment. This lasted almost two years I was in that state. Now, if I could do it all over again, I would have enlisted the services of an elder law attorney. They have seen and heard it all. So I would not have to go through what I went through by the trial by error experience. Yes, these mistakes made me stronger, but I could have handled more things if I had the help. An elder law attorney would have handled the devices that I need to cover mom's finances, as well as notify me of anything I may have missed with taking care of her end of life decisions. They are experienced in wills, probate, guardianship, estate planning, and trust. If I had them taking care of all that, I would have had more time to build my team. Build my team, you ask? Yes, being a successful caregiver involves accepting help from others. You can't do it alone. No man is an island. You need a team. Just like it takes a village to raise a child, it takes a team to care for your loved one. In my case, my team would be other caregivers, social workers, doctors, nurses, pharmacists, therapists, transportation, support groups, and counselor. I will discuss this in my next session. See you in two weeks. Welcome back. It's time for the Q and answer session of this podcast. Now remember, if you have any questions, email them to me at alzformom at gmail.com. That's A as an apple. L is in Larry, Z is in Zebra, F is in Frank, O is in Oscar, R is in Robert, M is in Mary, O is in Oscar, M is in Mary at gmail.com. If I receive it by February the 25th, you will hear it on the March 5th broadcast. 
Again, if you want me to reply to you directly, just put in the subject line, do not publish on podcast. So I received one email from my aunt. It wasn't a question and answer, but she pretty much provided me a link for red light therapy for my mom. My aunt have given me plenty of advice in the past on certain things like giving mom coconut oil, doing music therapy, and a host of other things just to keep my mom active and help keep that process delayed. The best advice that she's given me so far was the music therapy. So if you have your loved one that's not sleeping at night and the melatonin is not doing it, go to YouTube and do the REM therapy. It plays different music at different types of frequencies, which help you sleep. It worked miracles for me. Another thing about music therapy that I like is that it triggers some type of memory that my mom can relate to, and I love it. For instance, when I play Marvin Gaye, my mom remember and always talk about my stepfather, in particular the song Let's Get It On. So I'm learning that that must have been my dad, my stepdad and my mom's song. Had to have been. When my mother hears staple singers, it brings back some childhood and she just starts singing and I'm like, I have my mom back. When it plays Charlie Wilson, you can't tell her anything. That's her boyfriend. I laugh because every single time when he said, we're going to fall in love and have some babies, my mom said, no, we're not. And I just can't help but laugh when I hear that. Then when I play the Mississippi Mass Choir, mom is having church. I am a big fan of music therapy. It's a great way to divert and calm my mom down at times when she's anxious. It's also an indicator to me when she's in pain because no matter what kind of music I'm playing, if she's in pain, she's not going to move. She's going to continue where she is. Quiet is kept. My mom loves the wobble. No matter what, if she's crying, I can play the wobble as long as she's not in pain and she's going to start shaking her shoulders and tapping her feet and wanting to get up and dance. So my advice to you with your loved one, I'm a strong advocate for music therapy. You can use YouTube, Spotify, Amazon Music. It doesn't matter. Music is music. Until next time, see you March 5th.